Welcome back to our fifth episode of the Taft Tea House podcast. This is a podcast where we get to learn about various Taffers and their experiences with Taft and other life experiences. I'm Bing Wang, I go by he, him pronouns, and I am uh, one of the hosts of this podcast. I'm currently the youth program director for Taft, and today we'll be interviewing Cindy Lin. Cindy, do you want to talk about yourself for a little bit? Hi, my name is Cindy Lin. Um... The Taffers might know me more by Cynthia. Um, I went to TAF about seven years ago now. My first year was in, I believe, 2012. My last year was 2013 in the youth program. Um, during my time at TAF, I was basically a first year and then I was a choir chord and then I haven't really been able to go back since. But I am still very involved in the Taiwanese American community on the East Coast, where I've been a part of um, mm. Tang, Taiwanese American Next Generation, um, which is an East Coast conference, right. similar to TAF, I think, in mission about um, giving the Taiwanese American youth a place to grow and learn about themselves. I've been a part of Tang for about 10 years now. Um, so, yeah. Nice. You're all over the place. It's great. Yeah, yeah. Helping Taiwanese American youth in every single corner of the world. <laughs> I tried my best. So you said your first year is 2012? Yeah, 2012. How did you like your first year? How did I like my first year? Yeah. Um, I think I loved it, if I remember correctly. I wrote a really long TAF reflection about mm. it because that's what TAFers... I don't, I don't know if TAFers still do that. But um, I wrote a really long TAF reflection about it because I had basically probably gone to Tang for like maybe five years at that point mm -hmm. and always heard about TAF from other campers who had gone to TAF and like, you got to go to TAF. It's so great. Like, um, so I think one year I just went and I loved the experience. I loved the people and how it's similar to Tang, um, but it's also very different. And I liked what it brought to the table. I liked that it was so big. Um, it's just so many people, there's so many activities, um, the programming is just like really, mm -hmm. I don't want to say extreme, but like it, there's a lot to it, it's very hefty. Um, so I really liked it, I met great people, I really liked how um, the campers could get involved, I was specifically mm -hmm. in youth, I really, I really loved that youth had like coordinators, which is w probably the biggest reason why I did coordinating the next year. Um, but I just really liked the way it's structured. Um, I had a great time. I had a great small group. Nice. Do you live in the East Coast? Yes, I currently live in Central Jersey. And is that close to where Tang is held? Um, so the thing with Tang is it's actually attached to Taiwanese American Conference East Coast. So we call it TAC-EC. Mm. Um, and it actually rotates between different um, Taiwanese American organizations on the East Coast. So they actually I rotate... See. Um, I think between a couple of different states on the East Coast. So whoever hosts that year determines where the location will be. Um, recently, it's been pretty standard in Pennsylvania and Westchester, uh -huh. but um, it's always kind of up for change depending on what happens with that partnership with TAC-EC. So I'm always about like an hour and a half away from TAF usually. Okay, that's not that's not too bad. Sorry, an hour and a half from Tang. I'm okay. like ten. I'm like ten hours driving from TAF. Yeah, yeah, but one and a half hours isn't too bad. Yeah. Uh, I remember in when I was living in Chicago, the bus trip from Chicago to Indiana was like at least three hours. 
I forgot you guys had a bus. That was really cool too. Yeah. Like, there was all the organization to bring kids from like different states and also the airport. I yeah. thought that was really cool. Yeah, I thought that was really cool too. I think it just speaks to the infrastructure that TAF has built over the last 40 years. Yeah. So you've been to TAF, you've been to Tang, you know both of them quite well. Uh, what would you say are the biggest differences between the two camps? I get this question as a Tanger so often. I got a lot when I was a camper at TAF. Like, oh, so do you like Tang or TAF better? Um, well, I think the word not a competition. Yeah, thank you. I think that's very important yeah. to recognize that different is the word and different is not good or bad. It's right. just different. And, and I would love for all the Taiwanese American summer camps to work together somehow. Yeah, I think it's starting to get there. A lot more connections and collaborations are happening. Oh yeah, for uh, sure. But to answer your question, the biggest difference for me, I think, was just how massive it was. I think Tang has grown a lot in the past few years, so I think number-wise mm. we're pretty similar. But Tang is multi-generational, whereas TAF is very focused on the youth, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think the youth, I think youth program was about the size of all of Tang when I was there, but that was seven years ago. Um, now I think our numbers are pretty comparable, but TAP is very youth oriented, whereas right. like Tang is, um, we have our Tiny Tots program, which is about the age of four all the way to high school. And then on top of that, we have a college young adults program. Oh, we okay. Also have, we also we have, have Tang like parents, parents, which are like, like actually the parents, parents of some of the juniors and tiny tots kids and then attached to tac ec which is actually started from people who immigrated to america i believe in the 80s or something mm -hmm. um so we have like first generation like really old people coming mm -hmm. um so it's it's a whole slew of taiwanese americans of all ages from all over coming um, so I think that's really the biggest difference is like seeing the generations right? and them all being in the same place at the same time. I think that's a really big difference yeah, that, that I saw. That's really cool, actually. Can you explain more about the adult program at Tang? Because it's something that TAF doesn't have. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, I was a part of it. Okay, I wasn't really a part because I'm on I'm actually on hiatus from Tang right now. But I did go to Tang for one day last year and I was a part of... Um, I think we called the YA program. Yeah, the young adults program. I think when you're a camper, you think, oh, I graduated high school. There's no program for me. I either join staff or I never come back to Tang, right? I don't know if TAF is similar in culture that way, but there's not a lot of options mm -hmm. for someone who graduates out of our programming and then maybe they're not ready for staff. Maybe they don't really like the idea of being a counselor. So um, Tang started a program for that specific de uh, demographic of kids who weren't interested in being counselors, weren't ready to be counselors, mm. whatever, and gave them an option to continue that experience of being an attendee and mm -hmm. not on staff. Um, with, with regards to programming, I can't really tell you the details because I've never personally been in it for too long, but sure. it's a lot of like, I guess it's more like higher level things, like they do financial, classes oh, okay. and like you know things like that how to invest 401ks and adult <laughs> stuff like that i think yeah. but also like talking about um quote-unquote adulting and mm -hmm. like property or uh, investing in property or investing in yourself like investing in your um 
personal passions or how not to lose that once you've gone into the workforce. Mm. They address things like that, where I think it's the transition from college or very sheltered in grade school to like, quote unquote, real world is what we call it. So mm -hmm. that's kind of the programming that the YA program has at Tang. Wow, that's, that's really cool, actually, uh, because I think a lot of young people nowadays don't get that kind of education. So be, it's really nice that Tang is offering these kind of uh, resources and education to, mm -hmm. to basically like be an adult. Yeah, I think yeah. it's important. Uh, so, uh, so you've been to both camps. What are your favorite parts of TAF and what are your favorite parts of Tang? Oh, gosh. Let's start with TAF. TAF, for me, I loved swing choir. I feel like people, when I was going, did not like swing choir because dancing was embarrassing or like you were very awkward and like didn't like the co-ed dancing or whatever, but I really like swing choir. Um, and I really like the dance the, the like the, the dances dance, that we have like at the tang there's like one mm. dance there's at the like end and it's optional and it's so optional. it's actually not so it's that actually hype not or that hype lit from my experience but like at taf everyone, everyone loves the dance, the dance and loves the dance the lights are dim yeah the lights are low there's like uh colored lights or something it was, it's basically yeah. like a club but like a, P yeah. a pg club we have djs and everything <laughs> and everyone yeah, and everyone dances, and everyone's really excited. You sweat so much. I love that everyone took their shoes off at the door. I don't yeah. know if you still do that. We still do that. <laughs> awesome. Never yeah. stop doing that. That was. I remember just being amazed. Like, wow, everyone really took their shoes off. Yeah, I mean, it's um, the it's the the right thing to do. Otherwise, our parents will yell at us. That's very true. Exactly. Um, but I really like the energy of the dance. And I guess what I really like about TAF is that there's a lot of, how do I say this? People have a lot invested into TAF, I will say. I think with sure. Tang, people are like, maybe we have those people who are like, oh, this is like my 10, 15th year at Tang. But I feel like that's very rare in comparison to like, I know people at TAF are like, oh, this is like my... 16th year at Tang, this right. is my 20th, I mean, sorry, 16th year at TAF, 20th year at TAF. That's more common right. than at Tang. Like me okay. being someone who's been there for 10 years, that's not as common yet. Um, um, so, there's so there's a, a very, very big, big emotional investment and personal investment that I feel from the staff members, from the campers. There's like a really, I don't know how to describe it other than the word investment right now. I just feel like there's a lot riding on it or something like they care so much about the experience um, of everyone there and they're just all in they're full sure. force there's right. no there's, there's no, no like doing it half can I say half-assed sure <laughs> there's no half-assed dedication there like they're everyone's all in and I think it can be overwhelming for someone who is new because I think I was kind of overwhelmed by it um, I think looking back, it's very admirable, and I think that's very, that's a different part of TAF culture. It's just, yeah. You know, they want to give back. You know, they want to give back yeah. every year uh, to how some of their great mentors have done, it, and they want to give back by also being, you know, similar mentors to their small group members. Uh, at Tang, you were a JH counselor, is that correct? Yes, I was a JH counselor for, I believe, three years, and then I did Tiny Tots program, which is our youngest Oh, okay. Program for one year. Can you tell me about those experiences of being a Tiny Tots uh, counselor and also a JH counselor? Okay. I don't know where to start because both are very precious to me. I'll mm. start with Tiny Tots because that's my most recent experience cool. as staff at Tang. 
I'll start off by saying that I think there is a stigma on working with the younger kids because they're like not as mature or they're not as well behaved. They have a lot of energy and people think working with the younger youth is like just babysitting. And that's what I'd heard from people when I said, oh, I'm going to do Tiny Tots. I don't want to do JH this year. And they're Mm -hmm. like, it's like babysitting. And I found that very... It's just like, oh, I can't believe you would say that, like, as if this is any less than the older kids, right? There's an unspoken hierarchy of, like, oh, everyone wants to talk with the high school kids. They want to mentor the high school kids. They (laughs) want to talk to the kids who are mature and thinking and stuff. Um, But the reason I wanted to do Tiny Tots was because I got very close to the Tiny Tots program directors who also created the program. Um, Jenny Wang and Alex Chang, very close, oh, okay. very good friends of mine now, um, also very involved in the Taiwanese American um, advocacy nice. and activism. They're awesome. really cool. Um, they ex- they showed me that this program was for many kids their entry into the Taiwanese American community. That was their first mm. taste of this community. And for me, this community has been so core, such a, has been like the core of my identity for so long, having gone through Tang for like six years as a camper. And Mm -hmm. also just, it's just such a part of my identity for me to be a person who is guiding them into this community. I couldn't see it as anything but like just beautiful. Like how beautiful is that, that you're going to be the people who welcome these children into this community welcome them into what might be equally a very big part of their identity just like it was a big part of mine Mm -hmm. so yes it is games and singing baby shark 20 times a day Um, (laughs) but i love baby shark and i dance just as much as the kids did so i had a wonderful time and i think as corny as it sounds they are the future leaders of tang I'm sure similar feelings are for the Sprouts program that just came up. Like, they're Mm -hmm. the future, right? There's a reason why parents want their kids to get into this community sooner and sooner. Um, And I think that was one of my favorite parts about it is just, like, seeing them so young. And then even just years later, they're so big. And you're like, oh, my gosh, (laughs) you're so big. You're in the juniors program. Yeah. And, like, again, they're not even at that age where they're, like, into, like, small group and deep discussions and stuff. But you see them grow in front of you. Yeah. And you see them develop in front of you. I think that's so, so fulfilling. So I really, really loved that aspect of Tiny Tots. Right. And then you see how, how much they've grown. And then you realize how much older that you've gotten. Yes, very much so. And <laughs> oh, it's so true. Yeah. Um, I was, I, Tang did a little bit of like a summer, summer conference this mm-hmm. year. It was, it was like, I don't think as, as, um, big as Taft did this year but I did join in with the Tiny Tots program and some kids are just like so much bigger and they speak a lot clearly Mm. a lot more clearly now Um, and you can just see like they're just more sure of themselves and they're not as shy and it's just like oh my gosh they're so big they're so they're so mature now Um, and it's just it's just so heartwarming and fulfilling to see that and I don't even think I'm like that big a part of the journey I don't want it to seem like oh wow I'm like the gatekeeper of Taiwanese American community. Like, I don't see it like that at all. It's more like I get to be a part of that. Right. You know, and I got to be a part of that. 
So that's my spiel on Tiny Todd's. You you asked about two programs. Yeah, uh, you know what? <laughs> what does being a JH counselor for Tang mean to you? I have such a soft spot for JH. Mm-hmm. It has such a special place in my heart. Um, I use the reason I say all this stuff about this unspoken stigma about the high school program, mm-hmm. the youth program, whatever, is that um, I was one of those people. I was like, I love small group. I love talking. I love um, engaging conversation and thinking about things and learning about things. I wanted to do that. That's the main reason I wanted to be a counselor when I joined staff was because kind of like what you said, I related everything to what you said about wanting to give back to the organization that gave so much to Mm -hmm. you. I believe the best way for me to do that was through small group and conversation and those like intimate conversations in that setting. Um, But then at the time, the person in charge of high school wanted older counselors. And at the time I thought, oh, that's so unfair. Like, well, how, you think I'm not ready for this? But now that I look back, it was probably one of the best things that person could have done for me because I realized JH is so special. I, and I think they mm. also get a bad, they get a bad rep because <laughs> they're like the awkward right, stage. Right. They're very shy. They're growing into their bodies. Right. They're like, I mean, it's the puberty stage, you know? I'm sure as Really feel for them. (laughs) Yeah, I feel for them, you know? And as, yeah, I was going to say, as a counselor, you probably remember those times. And they're not fun. (laughs) They're very awkward. And you're like, damn, I'm glad those years are over. (laughs) And I grew into myself, right? Right. But I think that's the wonderful part of being a part of JH is that Mm -hmm. I can be there to tell them, hey, you're going to be okay. You're going to... You're going to be fine. You're going to grow into yourself. This awkwardness is normal. Like, and you're worthy of being listened to. You're worthy of support. You're worthy of love, all this stuff. Um, I think it's so, so important at that age to be supported and to be heard and to be seen. So when I worked with these kids, I realized like, wow, JH is more than I gave it credit for. Mm. Um, I, yeah, I can't speak more about it. I can't speak better about it because it was just, it really helped me grow as mm-hmm. a person mm-hmm. to remember that kids going through awkward stages yeah. are not lesser than, if anything, they need a little more help. For sure. Yeah, and that's so great. I just want to commend you and thank you for supporting these junior high students because, you know, that's really all they're looking for is for love, for acceptance, and for to be seen, basically. Yes, and that's actually, I will say, as a quote-unquote adult now, I'm not an adult. I don't want to call myself an adult, but as someone who (laughs) has graduated college, I still think those basic needs are what we all want. For sure. And I think our camps, TAP and TANG, they provide kind of an alternative value system because Mm. outside of TAP and TANG, some of us are in predominantly white neighborhoods, you know, about all the stereotypes of Asian Americans. We're kind of seen as worthless and valueless and uh, we're undeserving of love. But at TAP and at TANG, that is experiencing something that very few of us experience. And that's why I think is a big reason why everyone comes back every year mm, is for that love yes. and for acceptance. Yes. Yeah, um, let's talk about a camper that you had previously that helped you accept your own ADHD. Oh gosh, okay. I wanted to talk about this. Yes. Um, 
I don't know if I phrased it okay with that question. No, it's okay. <laughs> um, so I mean, for context, hi, I have ADHD, um, which is uh, for anyone who doesn't know, it stands for hyperactivity. Oh wait, what does it stand for? Hyper? No, oh. attention deficit yeah, hyperactivity right. disorder, um, and it has it showcases actually it it presents itself in three different ways. Mm. Um, hyperactive, which is kind of like the stereotypical jumping off the walls, a lot of energy, can't sit still. There's inattentive, which is more what I am, is difficulty regulating your attention. And then combination, which is obviously a combination of the two. Um, I've always had ADHD, no surprise, but I didn't know I had it until I think I was about 21. Mm, <laughs> so I was like okay. halfway through college and I was like, hmm, something's going on here. Well, better late than never. Yes, very true, very true. I've ever since joining joining quote unquote joining the ADHD community, there are people who are diagnosed oh. at like fifty. Oh 60. wow. Sixty. Yeah, like because you know what happens, their grandchildren or their children get diagnosed and they're like, Huh, that sounds a lot like me. Oh. Okay. And then they get diagnosed at like fifty, sixty, who knows? Like and then they're like, Oh, this makes my life make a lot of sense. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um but yeah, I was in the middle of college and not really at, I had not come to terms with the fact that I had a learning disability. Um, I had not come to the term, I had not come to terms with, I need to learn about myself in order to better myself and to succeed, not only in college, but beyond. Um, so this camper that I had came almost like perfect timing in my life, uh, if you believe in such things. Um, it was, I believe, my third year as a counselor in JH, and I had a camper who was very... the definition of hyperactive oh, okay. ADHD, basically. And I'm sure we've all had a kid who like can't sit still, a lot of energy, For sure. we can't keep it all in. and. But it was the first night of Tang. We were gotten into our small groups and we were trying to, you know, icebreakers, connect and stuff. And my group was very uh, receptive to it. Everyone was very open to sharing. Everyone was very open to the concept of small group, you know. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. Because small groups sometimes the hardest thing. We just talked about JHers are like maybe not too sure of themselves, not very liking to talk a lot. Um, so I was very happy to have this group. But this one camper um, couldn't sit still. He wasn't really paying attention. And he would just like um, impulsively scream things. At, well, not scream things, but like very loudly say things. Out oh, of wow. Nowhere. And um, I looked at my co-counselor at the time like, what's happening? Is, and then how do we manage this, right? Um, and I think in one of his outbursts, he said like, oh, well, I have ADHD, blah, 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 blah. Mm. And I said to myself, oh, I do too. Um, I don't know if he caught on to it, but then I, everything made sense uh -huh, for me uh -huh. okay. with this kid. Um, and as the days went on, Tang is about three, four days versus, I think, tax like a whole week. Um, so as the days went on in Tang, I did see how it was difficult for the other campers in my small group to accept and work with this camper with ADHD right. who what who would have outbursts and he couldn't sit still he would need to run around the room he would need to say certain things and it didn't seem like he was listening so it was definitely a hindrance to 
um, I guess this quote-unquote ideal small group idea that we always have, right? Where everyone just loves conversation, they're very engaged, they're asking questions, they're answering each other. Um, that's what I thought what an ideal small group was. That's what I wanted, mm -hmm. right? Um, but what I... I saw them have difficulty accepting this camper who was different. And I felt really bad about it because I could have very easily been that kid. I might have actually been that kid and I just don't even know. <laughs> um, but I did my best to kind of navigate that with the kids and like mm -hmm. when asking them questions, um, aiming it towards this idea of like, oh, what do you do if someone's, I think at the year, what, maybe the theme was identity. But anyways, with our guest speaker and everything, I was able to redirect questions so they were about accepting people who were, I think it might have been community, who were different uh -huh. in your community. If people are different in your community, how do you welcome them and stuff like that? And I think, not saying that that was like the main reason, but as time went on, I saw them all open up to this camper in different ways. Oh, wow. Um, I saw them patiently uh, listen to him when he nice. had something to say because sometimes he did have some things to say that were um, relevant to the conversation and like I would see them nod and be like yeah that's a good point or like they might ask him a question, question or, something or something like, like that. that and I saw, and I saw their, their guards, guards come, come down, down and their, their annoyances, annoyances which I think, which I think is, is very valid, valid. you know like you, know, like you want, to want to have a conversation, conversation in small group, group. And like, and like someone's, someone's kind, of kind of holding you back, back from that, that. you would mm -hmm. get very annoyed with that person. Um, but, but I saw that kind of melt away. And all in their, their own little ways, ways they found ways to connect with this camper. Wow. Um, That's awesome. Was, right? I'm just like, this is what I'm saying, man. JHers. Yeah. JHers really do it. I, I think this goes back to like, I think we need to give JHers more credit. That's really well, my definitely. thing with that. Yeah. Um, but I guess to go into my personal experience with this, um, I, again, like I said, I was not in a place where I had accepted the fact that mm -hmm. I had ADHD. Mm -hmm. um, so through this whole time, we stayed in close connection with the camper's grandmother, who was a part of the TAC program. Um, and I saw how affectionate and how compassionate she was towards her grandson, how she took time to talk to us mm -hmm. as the JH staff, to address anything, to come up with plans, mm -hmm. to kind of give us context or just understanding of her grandson. I remember she literally reunited with someone that she hadn't seen in like decades, that she hadn't seen since Taiwan mm -hmm, mm -hmm. before she immigrated. They reunited at the TAC conference and they were going to have lunch together, but she said she couldn't because she needed to talk to the JH staff about her grandson. Mm. And I'm going to be emotional. I'm just letting you know. But, no problem. Uh, just like the, the compassion and the sacrifice and the love. That's love. Absolutely. Um, that she just wanted to make sure that she could help in any way. And I think something happened with uh the camper's uh room keys and i ended up walking her walking back to her room or what well, something happened with the room keys. either way i had to walk with the grandmother back to her room mm -hmm. and i she was telling me about how he struggles with adhd but he like really loves 
music and how like he writes his own songs oh. and like right i'm like he this this kid was great yeah. um talented yeah it's just he would focus on different things that's really what adhd is mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. you don't focus on the same things a neurotypical person would for sure or you have difficulty regulating your attention to focus on what a neurotypical person would right um, but she was telling me all this stuff and I just was so touched by her love and how much she just wanted to support him and wanted him to feel like he had someone there for him. And I told her that I had ADHD. I had recently mm. just found out. Mm -hmm. And she was like, oh, that must have been so hard for you not knowing and trying so hard and still not achieving what you thought you were capable of achieving, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where it gets me because I didn't realize that I had been trying my hardest all my life only to fall short and think lesser of myself, but it's because I am different. My brain is different and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with being different. For sure. Right. For sure. Um, and then I went to my ED at the time. And I cried to them about this beautiful experience I had with this grandmother. And I'm like, I need to do this for myself. I need to learn about my brain. I need to learn about how it works. Mm -hmm. Because I wish I had been that age. I think he was like sixth grade, maybe. I wish I had been oh, okay. that age and had grown up my life preparing and right. learning and growing with ADHD instead of me growing up my whole life and like, oh, plop, 21. Oh, by the way... <laughs> Your brain is different and you yeah. got to figure that out now. You know, I really wished that I had that support when I was younger. I wish I'd had those treatments or medication, whatever sure, it sure. is, you know. Sure. Um, but I needed to do it for myself now. Um, and he really, that camper, he doesn't know it, obviously, because he, he was kind of just there living his life. But I was the one being like, this is important and this means something to me. Um, so that summer I got properly diagnosed i learned a lot about myself and it really started my whole i don't want to say my life really began because that sounds so cheesy but i think i started i think i started, I think I started a, new a new era i like it i like uh, describing yeah. it as a new era or new period of your life yeah it was it was a different time where i started to see myself differently and treat myself differently right uh, and you can start living your life now yeah, 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 and um, it really, really catapulted into everything else I do, yeah. So, for example, if one group were to have a camper that had ADHD, do you have any advice on how to support um, the campers with ADHD? Oh, gosh. Um, I try my best to do this now at Tang, even uh, being on hiatus with Tang. It's very difficult to say because ADHD presents itself so differently in everyone. Right. Um, for general advice, patience, I think what I've learned about this is that everyone just needs to be treated the same way. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I, I say this because counselors at Tang and Taf, I know to put extra care into how they treat everyone. So when I say treat them the same, you already would have treated any Taffer or Tanger with right patience with kindness with compassion for sure with interest with open ears and open arms you would have already done this with all of them it just looks a bit different 
when put into practice with the camper who is uh, not neurotypical, mm-hmm. right? right. Um, so with this camper that I had, I had to listen a little more to what he was saying. I had to dig a little more. I had to um, try harder to make connections with what he said and what another camper said in small group. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But let's say I had a camper in general who didn't like to share that much, but they gave me one sentence, right? I think we've all had that kid. We're like, oh, just share something. Right. And they give, they give you one thing and you're like, all right, I'm taking this and I'm going to run as far as I can with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would have done that with any camper who had a difficult time sharing in small group. If that, Does that make sense? Right. Um, so that's how I handled it. I think if a camper has... Um, it was... I will say we have had other campers at Tang who have ADHD and mm-hmm, they're mm-hmm. lots of energy. They're the very much the hyperactive type. Right. Um, those campers need a little more attention with regards to listen to them. If they're getting fidgety, if they're not listening, um, take them out of the small group. It's okay to remove them from the situation and go on a walk. You have two counselors usually, right? So that's what I did with my co at the time. We took turns. One would manage the small group and the other would take the camper on a walk. Right. And like get that energy out so they could sit and at least have a functioning environment, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so that's those are things I did, but it's, it's also because I had a lot of con. Um, I had a lot of connection with the grandmother mm-hmm. um, and she was open with it. She didn't hide the fact that her grandson had a learning disability she was very open with it and very much wanted to work with us so i would say if you are aware i would hope that a parent or a guardian would make staff aware of that because it's not just affecting the staff members it's affecting the campers for sure and for sure the peers um and i would hope that they could work with you on that and in general tell you things that work for them yeah at home, at school, um, and hopefully you can incorporate that in your small group. But also take that with this disclaimer that as long as you're trying your best, you have no reason to Mm -hmm. be hard on yourself. Mm -hmm. Because just like with any kid you interact with, if you're trying your best, whether they never speak in small group, whether they never warm up to you or whatever, that's, you still tried your best. And that's, worthy of praise and that's worthy of you know i feel like if i were to try really hard and like i didn't make it i didn't get make a connection with this kid well like i tried you know and i think that's the admirable part about staff is that we're trying right for sure for sure yeah thank you for that amazing advice yeah uh so you said something about you're taking a hiatus from tang this year do you think it's because of burnout uh yes (laughs) can you talk more about the the burnout Yes. Um, okay. How do I? Okay. So I will. I so like you said, I'm taking a break from Tang right now. I came. I started. I've been taking the past two years off. I have visited Tang um, during the weekend, but I haven't been a staff member. I haven't been like a fully committed staff member in two years now. Um, And it really came about because I think there's a shift in leadership. So things were, culture was really changing. I didn't really feel like I fit into the changes that were happening or rather maybe I was changing 
and what Tang was didn't quite fit with what my life was turning into. I don't know if this is the right way to say this. Let me think. Because I, I don't want to make it sound like I outgrew Tang, because that's mm -hmm. not what happened. Sure. It was more like my life was changing, you know, just as life changes in general. Mm -hmm. But, like, I just mm -hmm. felt like Tang... So... The past 10 years, I was growing with Tang. Tang was an integral part of my growth and development as a person, as an individual. And I think I got to a point where I needed to grow without Tang for a while and see what I could make of myself, right? Um, I believed that, well, I finally humbled myself and was like, oh, Tang doesn't need me. Tang will still be around and Tang will survive without me like just because i've been here for so long doesn't mean i'm better or a like a main reason why everything will go right like tang mm -hmm. has very capable leaders tang can train people to become capable leaders like i believed that i was not necessary to be there if that makes sense like i wasn't yeah. necessary to the success i think for so long we're like oh my god if i don't go what'll happen or <laughs> Um, or it's just such a common thing in your life. Like, oh, I've done it for 10 years. How can I stop now? Um, yeah, makes sense. And I, yeah, I got to a point where it's was like, those, those aren't valid reasons. The valid reason is you want to give back. The valid reason is this brings you joy and fulfillment. And you're doing it because you want to and not out of obligation or guilt, mm -hmm. right? I wasn't quite at that point yet, but I could see it on the horizon, if I'm honest. And I didn't want to become someone who grew resentful of the organization that was so, that was such a big part of my life. I never wanted to hate Tang and be upset with them or have a negative connotation about them because it's a beautiful organization, it's a beautiful community. But right. I knew if right. I kept going the way I was going, I wouldn't be happy. Does that make sense? Makes perfect sense. Yeah. So I took a year off. And then I, this year has been COVID. So I, I still think I would have taken a year off this year as well. Mm -hmm. um, and honestly, that was the best thing I could have done for myself personally. And honestly, I think it was a great thing for Tang too. Like, why? Like, to think that, like, um, I in any way was like a huge part of the success was like very egotistical of me um, but I think sometimes we just think that way because we're so attached to it right I don't know I don't know if I'm saying this right no, that, that makes but, sense you know we're attached to our individualism when you know it's part of a community where everyone is contributing to the same goals mm, yeah yeah you said it a lot better than I did <laughs> this is what I study so <laughs> oh, oh what you study is so cool um weren't you like the first person from your school to major in asian studies or something yeah first one at u of i just graduate with a ba in asian american studies yeah that's cool i remember stalking you on facebook <laughs> but you know all i did was really just take classes i feel like the trailblazers before me that actually fought for the major to happen at u of i is it should be more commendable than, than me because all i did was just take classes <laughs> I guess that's a fair point, but you're still a part of that. You're a part of that story. Sure, you sure. you wanted it. The interest is there. The desire is there. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll, just like a little footnote at the end. I'll be happy with that. All right, all right. So one last question. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, I want to talk a little bit more about your self-love oriented podcast. You know, how oh, that came gosh. up, uh, what you do for it. Yeah, like what was the, the impetus of creating this podcast? So I think I became a person very invested in self-love and this concept of self-love, this idea, I mm-hmm. call it, of self-love. When I really started to learn about my brain, my ADHD brain, mm-hmm, like I said mm-hmm. before, um because i realized 20 years of you thinking you're not good enough and not knowing it's because your brain is different is very damaging on a person for sure um i was very mean to myself i didn't i genuinely did not believe i was capable of success um and it's sad to think about that now but that's really where i was anytime i thought anytime i did well at something it was luck it was pure luck. It was coincidence. But anytime something bad happened in my life, like, oh, I messed up. I'm the screw up. Something is wrong with me. It took a lot of therapy um, and a lot of work on my part mm-hmm. to relearn that, really. And right, I think right. once I got there, I was like, wow, this is amazing. I feel great about myself for the first time in my life. Wow, awesome. I, I, w- I want everyone to feel this way. Right, right. Um, and I guess this is like, I don't know if you listen to Lizzo, but she has a song where, and one of the lyrics is like, if I'm shining, everybody's going to shine. Mm. So like, if I'm here, all of you all got to love yourselves too. Like this is not, there's no excuse that I could fit. Like if I could go 20 years of my life being so mean to myself, you can do the work too. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And you can, lo- and you deserve it. That's the thing. You deserve it. You deserve it because you were born and you're a human being exactly. in this world. Exactly. Yes. Snaps. Snaps. Um, yeah. So this just became my persona. Um, I was always just spewing self-love things to my friends mm-hmm, and reminding mm-hmm. them to be kinder to themselves, love themselves, whatever. And my friends just came up to me one day and were just like, hey, we're talking talking about about you. you. And we (laughs) thought it would be great if you had had a podcast podcast to just have all of these uh, spewing sessions. And then we can listen to them in podcast form while I'm on my commute to work. And I was like, oh, that's really funny. It was very validating. And I think I will say um, I always wanted to, like, speak to people. I always wanted I always thought, like. The idea of a guest speaker was so fascinating, mm. a motivational speaker. Um, I would love, I'm manifesting and I'm putting it out to the world. I would love to go to Taffer Tang as a guest speaker. Like wow. I would yeah. love to speak to the youth. I want to, I just, I feel like we have a voice. Everyone does. For sure. And for we, sure. Should, we should use it. What we have to say is important. What everyone has to say is important. Kind of, yeah, I guess, yeah. my beliefs yeah. in Jage. Um, and then a year later, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna do it. So I just, I just did it. I borrowed a mic from my friend. I downloaded a free editing software, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I watched a YouTube video on how to upload it to multiple platforms. Right, and right. I just, I, I did it. Um, yeah, and I'm yeah. really glad that you did. Um, that's really awesome that you are spreading self-love um, to your friends as well. That's a kind of labor that's really important to everyone in your community i I listened to a couple episodes of your podcast and you know thank you yeah i really enjoyed it it's really soothing for one and uh you know you do a really good job at presenting your vulnerableness um and i think that's what we need in society you know being more vulnerable and being more compassionate and like try to defy stigmas against Mm. 
vulnerability. So I think you do a really good job breaking those walls and presenting the truest form of yourself to your listeners. So yeah, yeah I want to thank you for an amazing podcast, and you know, I'll definitely add it to the show notes so more people can listen to it. So that you can't see me, but I'm like clutching my heart, and I'm like, oh, this is so sweet. The thing with Taff, I will say, it taught me what affirmations was, and uh-huh. I never looked back. I live off of affirmations. Um, it's wonderful. Thank you. Oh, no problem. Other questions that, or any topics you want to talk about, or questions for me? I don't know. I was like, I want to tell Bing like my first impression of him and stuff. Oh yeah, let's hear um, it. <laughs> because you said you remembered me. I'm like, I don't believe this guy. But I remember you because Alan was in my first small group. Uh huh. In 2012. I think, yeah, you had like a little trio quartet thing going on. Um, yeah, of course. Still do. Jason. Yeah, yeah, and I love that. I see you on. I mean, I, I, I follow all y'all on social media. So I'm like, oh, this is so cute. They're still like loving friends together um and i think like you had come late from guam or something yes yeah and then someone was like bing you're the reason we're international <laughs> so like that's how i knew who you were mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you were definitely one of like the popular kids at TAF. i don't know if that's true called. yeah everyone everyone i call popular at TAF is like no i'm okay <laughs> um, but like you are it's just like you're the rock stars we're trying um, and then I'm just trying huh? to be humble, so it doesn't seem like I'm so <laughs> like, yes, I, I, I run this. I run this crew. Like, yeah. um, Definitely don't run the crew, though. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think the last impression I had on you was like at the very end of youth, we do like shout outs and stuff. Mm. Um, and I remember your speech was literally like, guys, remember, we were all that one sperm. Yes. One. Yes. I remember that. <laughs> I hope that makes I, sense. No, of course. It did. But I just remember being like, mm, yes, he's right. Everyone was like laughing because I think you said the word sperm. Yeah. And that's like funny for some reason. But uh, I thought I was like, yeah, he's right. I was the sperm that one. And I think that relates to what you were talking about earlier that, you know, every person that's born on earth is valuable and is worthy. Yes, um, yes. You're given this special chance to be a human being. And then you're valuable just because you're here. I love that. Yes. That's beautiful. You know, that's the biggest lottery or win. Cool. Um, any other things you want to talk about? I guess I'm interested in your experience with TAF because you didn't leave. I left. So I'm interested in like what happened with TAF and like how's it growing? What do you like about it? Your role now? Like stuff like that. Well, this year was kind of different because it was all online. You know, it was a little tough planning online TAF because it's completely a blank slate. You have to yeah. reimagine how programming is, you know, redefine what, why we do these things. And, you know, I think we did a good job this year by, you know, having some you know, important workshops about, you know, civic engagement and dealing with negative emotions and community care. You know, these are very important topics for, especially our time right now. And, you know, in the future, I'm hoping to talk more about the Taiwanese American community and what that entails. Um, also, just developing a curriculum of Taiwanese American studies that, um, that not many people are talking, talking about because it's... Oh my God, I love that. Yeah, and it's a very relatively new community, so there's a lot to be learned, a lot of knowledge that needs to be produced. I'm excited to form some kind of curriculum for all different programs of TAF. That's beautiful, I love that. So important, that's very important and precious work. Yeah, for sure. That's so cool. I can't wait for that, I gotta come back. Yes, you have to come back. (laughs) I'll be back. Yeah, you can be our speaker. Oh my gosh. That would be awesome. 
that'd be really fun. Yeah. I would feel be very overwhelmed, but then Tap would like be very supportive. I already am seeing this already. So this year we kind of did friendly with the speakers. Um, mm -hmm. Instead of just one speaker for an entire week, yeah. we had four speakers. Oh, I saw. Yeah, one of them was Kara. One of them was Kara. Um, and I think, you know, it still went with the four speakers or the five speakers mm -hmm. for in-person TAF. I think, you know, you'll be a great person to be a speaker. Thank you. I love that. I really appreciate that. Absolutely. Yeah. I think you're very compassionate. So I think you'll have really good things to say to high school kids. I'm clutching my heart again. <laughs> I, love, I love being affirmed. Thank you so much. No problem. So thank you so much for this podcast you've been yeah. amazing <laughs> i learned so much <laughs> really yeah yeah wow. for sure yeah so you're great thank you so much um, you're great thank you <laughs> i'm gonna start recording now okay yeah go ahead